Monday night, we're barking. It's after dark. It's bark after dark. Welcome, everybody. We appreciate you being here. Great guest tonight, Josh Newberg. Roos, what's going on? Man, not much. Being sad, to be honest with you, Jake. I, I was expecting some winter weather up here, and I've gotten butt kiss for it. Um, I've uh, It's rained a little bit, so we're expecting the, the roads to be a little icy in the morning, but uh other than that man i was pretty bummed i was hoping to wake up to some snow today but i didn't all of the uh all the negatives none of the positives basically it, it, yeah yeah it's just story of your life. life it's just shit. yeah yes yeah that's a that would be a good title for my autobiography all the negatives none of the positives the Jake <laughs> <story>. <laughs> Oh man, I'm glad this T Rob uh, situation has resolved itself. Uh, that looked like it might get a little crazy um, at some point yesterday. Um, listen, not going to sit here and tap dance on Alabama's grave. Uh, do that at your own peril. Uh, but big get for Georgia, obviously massive. And uh, tonight we got Josh Newberg coming on. And uh, listen, man, Josh has been around this business for a long, long time. Hopefully, we can get him to tell us some uh, tell us some funny stuff, some stories. Hopefully uh, we can uh, get his uh, origin story as well and kind of figure out where he started at in this business and and uh, how he's risen to the very tippity top where he is now because we all want to be Josh Newberg. So let's go ahead and bring him on. Uh, Josh, come see us. What's up, dude? How you doing? That's hilarious. I appreciate it, guys. <laughs> Good to be here. I've watched a few of these. I get my early morning workout in before I go film. And uh, quite a few times I've watched this uh, Bark After Dark program. Yeah, we're we're sorry, man. We're it's sorry least, you stumbled upon it and change away from it. It's the least serious thing happening in the entire on three network. There's without question no <laughs> chance anyone's doing anything this ridiculous. I can soon as, soon as Shannon sees it, he's gonna shut us down. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. Especially if he sees the Dean Leggy, uh the Dean Leggy <laughs> or the or the Bill Shanks episode, he's definitely Wait, gonna shut us down. Where's Rusty? I don't see Rusty. Is is he around? Right. Rusty's a guest on Bark After Dark from time to time. Um, we we have to we have it's to get him my on show here. from time to time when I can get him in between tapings of whatever the hell he's taping. <laughs> That's right. Hey man, Rusty, Rusty, uh, respect the hustle. Rusty and Bobby Flay, um, they they get after it. Those two respect the hustle of those two um, for sure. Jimmy Mansell can get after it. No question. Nobody hates being around his family more than Bobby Flay. That's, that's <laughs> we've, we've established that the, the guy is begging for more work at all times. There's no question. Let's get a project going. So, <laughs> so Josh, I mean, listen, man, you've, I, I followed your work for a long, long time and you know, you've covered Florida state for a long time. Where did it all start for you in this weird and wacky business that we all, cause if you, I mean, I know you've probably sat and thought about it for a while. Like I do what for a living? I actually make a pretty decent living doing what for a living. Um, where did it all start for you? Well, you do you guys, first of all, do you guys remember my cousin, Jamie Newberg? Is he really your cousin? Yeah. I honestly never knew you guys. Is that were true? I, I did not know that. Yeah, of course. That's, I mean, that's where it starts. 
Oh, does it really? I see. I did. I, if y'all were related, I didn't know where where, where that would start. Oh, yeah. so you are so related Jamie, to Jamie. You know, Jamie is what probably like 13, 14, 15 years older than me, somewhere in that range. But okay. he is he's my cousin. He's my my dad's brother's son. And okay. um, I didn't I didn't really know Jamie too well when I was younger because by the time I was of age, like he was already gone and off to college. Um. And then he settled in in Atlanta working for Sports South, you know, CNN Sports South and whatever they had going on there. He did Border Wars. Um, he worked for Scout Rivals, ESPN. And um, I guess where we cross paths is when he was working for Scout. And I was um, in my fourth or fifth year at Florida State. I was a red shirt. Um, at, some, at some point, I caught a red shirt in there and, and it was there for five years. And, you know, I was just getting a business major, fully expecting just to move back to Tampa, St. Pete area and um, work in the family business, which was my, our parents own a commercial real estate company or a commercial real estate, commercial irrigation company. They do a lot of um, big projects and stuff like that. So it's a big business. It's been going for like 30, 35 years. And I used to live right across the street from Dope Campbell Stadium, like literally across the street. And like I said, I wasn't even on these websites back then. Um, I had I used to listen to Jeff Cameron on the radio and I knew of like the warchant.com hour, but I never really went on these sites. And um, one day Jamie came to me and it was in my fourth year and he said, hey, do you want to help out the scout site that I work for? Um and I said, sure. And I said, what do they need? He said, um, they need somebody as an intern to go and get um, quotes from Bobby Bowden after practice and then transcribe them. And the publisher used to live in Jacksonville. So I would just go over there. And at this time, this is like um, 2004. And Bobby Bowden just like loved to pull up the golf cart and just talk. And he would talk for like 40, 45 minutes. And I didn't really know, you know, all I knew was like, I'm an intern. All I got to do is transcribe this. I didn't really understand how much I was transcribing every day. It was a lot. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, my cousin worked in recruiting. He had the show Countdown to Signing Day that was yeah. big at the time, huge at the time. And I had zero interest in recruiting. And um, I think it was 2004, 2005. Uh, uh they asked me to go cover a signing day, signing day ceremony. And I had no idea what signing day was. I didn't, I had no clue. And it was at Madison County and his name was Gino Hayes. And he was an all American linebacker. Yes, remember Gino. In between Tennessee and, you know, RIP Gino Hayes. He's, he passed away like uh, two or three years ago. Um, and Gino Hayes was picking between Tennessee and Florida State. And I didn't know anything. We go into the coach's office, the coach's classroom. And his teammates are there. All the assistant coaches are there. His friends are there. There's probably 75 people in this little classroom. <laughs> and Gino Hayes and his parents walk in and they don't look too happy. And the coach says something and he looks over at Gino Hayes and his parents and he, he goes over and he talks to him like they're about to announce. I didn't even understand how this goes. Like, I don't even know what is happening right now. So he goes and talks to the parents like by their side and he comes back to the little podium thing and says, they're going to take a minute to talk it over and they're going to come back out. They go into the little coach's office. You know how coaches have like that office yeah, in the classroom. Yeah. <laughs> they go back there for two hours. <laughs> By the time they come out, 
all the kids' friends are gone. All his teammates are gone. All his assistant coaches are gone. It's me and some guy from the Tallahassee Democrat sitting alone in this classroom. <laughs> and Gino Case comes out, and clearly everybody's been crying. And he sits down at the where the desk was for him to make his big announcement and signing. And he sits down, and he... He just kind of scribbles. He just writes something down and he puts it in the folder. And the guy from the Tallahassee Democrat goes, so where are you going? And he looks up at us and he goes, Florida State. And like, like something, I didn't understand what happened, but I knew like at this point, like this shit's crazy. <laughs> what a I mean, what a way to get introduced. Well, I was gonna say, how in the world? So so hold on. So then that? so then I go back, and after all this, I'm like, you know, I'm like, all right. So what time does signing day start tomorrow? And he's like, oh no 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 no, signing day's over. It's one. It's one day. That's it. And I'm like, wait, we don't get to do this every day. And he's like, no. And at that point I was like, okay, okay. Recruiting is, is, is like where it's at. And also um, when I used to go to all these practices, remember I'm a business major. I'm not a journalism major. I don't really know what these journalists are asking Bobby about. And I don't really understand it, um, but I'm doing this for a while. And I start to see what's happening. And I start to see that everybody that covers the team is going to talk to Bobby Bowden. They're all sticking their mic in front of Coach Bowden. They're all getting the same quotes. They're all going home. They're all filing their story. That's all very similar. And they're doing it all the next day and the next day and the next day. And I start to kind of see like, okay, I'm not a great writer. I'm not a journalist. If I'm going to do this, I'm not going to do whatever they're doing better than them. But this recruiting thing, it doesn't matter how hard you work on the t- on the team side to me. It's like I it doesn't matter how hard you work like you're going to get similar results. But on the recruiting side of things, I saw as like a 20-year-old like, "Oh, I can outwork the next person and be better than them at this." Because recruiting's a little bit of gatekeeping, especially back then, but before YouTube, before Huddle, before Twitter, before all this. Right. Like if you had the recruiting information, you were a bit of a gatekeeper in a way. Because they couldn't turn on ESPN and find it. They couldn't open up the newspaper and really find recruiting information. So I kind of saw that, like, if I'm going to do this, the only way I can do this is by doing it, going down the recruiting route and just outworking the next person. And at the time, to me, that meant going to camps, being, you know, meeting the kids. And I, and again, now uh, I'm, I'm in Florida, so... Fast forward, my cousin Jamie um, says, I'm graduating. He's like, hey, uh, this program USF back in Tampa that like I didn't even know about. They started a football program while I was off in college. Um, they're making a move to the Big East. Do you want to cover the site? So I said, sure. Long story short, I started doing that, making about $500 a month. Instantly knew it wasn't going to pay the bills. So I started working in construction with my dad's company. And doing the covering the sports at night. And I covered USF for four years. And I got to work around two great people that taught me everything I know. Um, and not because they told me anything, just because I got to watch them in Brett McMurphy and Greg Allman. Um, I got to watch them cover the USF program. And I just like, that was my journalism school. And I did that for four years. Then I stopped working for Scout. And I went and I worked on the other side of things. I worked for this company called Elite Scouting Services. 
where we sold recruiting information to the colleges. So I got a, uh, I did that for like two years um, with this guy named Fish, and it was great. Got to meet a lot of college coaches and do all that kind of stuff. And then, wait, wait a minute, did did Fish have other names or was it just Fish? I, that's it was name. just Fish. Yeah. <laughs> just his name was just Fish. I yeah, I worked. That. So I the weekend that I started working there, we uh, or not not the weekend, but like two months after I started working there. Uh, we were going to the coaching convention in Orlando and Fish was in an argument with one of the guys and refused to fly him out there. It was Willie Lyles. Willie Lyles worked with us. Willie Lyles was saying that he was selling our service, but he was really selling at the time. Was, I think it was Lake Seastrunk. Remember that whole yeah, uh-huh. debacle with Oregon? I do. Oh, yeah. And um, we started to realize like, he, he anyway long story short i did that for two years and then um uh my cousin was working for espn now we're in 2010 and my cousin is working for espn and he's we're going to gridiron kings remember gridiron kings in orlando the seven on seven tournament during the summer he's like come to orlando with me and i'll get you a job with espn so you know we'll talk to some people so i went to orlando and i've been covered recruiting at this point for six years um and two guys from ESPN come and talk to me. They were Jerry Hamilton and JC Sherbert. And they pull me to the side and they're like, hey, can you come talk? And I was like, my cousin's like somewhere over there. And I was like, oh, shit, I don't know if my cousin set this up or what happened. But um, they sit me down at a table and they're like, hey, we're leaving ESPN and we're going with this guy, Shannon Terry, who's starting a company called 24-7 Sports. And we need you to cover Florida State for us. And I'm like, wait, you're not offering me a job at ESPN. You're offering me a job at a company I've never heard of. (laughs) And they were like, yeah. And at the same time, actually, Jamie, I think, was working for Rivals or something. And at the same time, he was about, he was signing with, with ESPN. And I went with Shannon. And, um, it was in 2010 and we started the, the Knowles 24 seven site from, from, from zero. The, the URL was made and yeah. it had zero members. And um, I got to go up against warchant.com every single day. Um, <laughs> I did that for 12 years. And I I worked at the Knowles 24-7 site and ran that and built that uh, for 12 years. And then, you know, Shan, Shannon started on three. And I wanted to do something a little bit different. And this made a lot of sense. So, uh and now I'm here and living in Nashville. So you didn't, I, I, I bet you didn't know what, if you knew what you knew now, maybe you wouldn't have sat down with JC Sherbert and Jerry Hamilton of, <laughs> of, of the old two people to sit down with. No, I definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely glad I did because my cousin <laughs> went to ESPN. No, my cousin ended up going to ESPN yeah. in 2010 and working there for like two to three years. And like, it, okay, you uh, you know you, we cover recruiting. They had editors that right. stopped working at seven thirty p.m. So right. if a kid were to commit, or, that's why they tweet everywhere. everything. Yeah, that's why the people at ESPN just tweet everything because like he would go file story, and they would start working again at like eight a.m. and his story would get posted even though he tweeted that the kid committed at ten p.m. He went his story wouldn't go up until eight a.m. And right. Yeah, no, I was. It, it was just more commentary on the wild men that are Jerry Hamilton and J.C. Sherbert. Uh, oh man, yeah. what a! I mean, 
yeah we don't have to we don't have to out them or anything but uh those two can get after it let's just say that but i just thought it was funny because these two guys from espn that like are awesome they come up they tell me they want to talk to me and i'm like thinking did jamie set this up like am i supposed to go by myself here like (laughs) that's awesome because i actually thought i i actually thought you got kind of I thought you kind of got your hooks in the industry a little quicker than that. Like I didn't, I didn't know that that's cause that's right around. Honestly, I hadn't done a whole lot, but it was right around that time, maybe a year later than that, that I actually got into it. And I just kind of stumbled into a right place at the right time. But you know, you, you seem to have, uh, um, obviously you did really well and y'all built that side into a monster over there. Just kind mm-hmm. of in short order. I know Chris knee joined you guys a little later and, and Brendan's, uh, Sinon? Yeah, by by 2013, 24, by by 2013, it was me, Chris Nee, and Brendan Sinone, which was and, pretty and much Corey, like, Corey, what was Corey's Corey Dowler? Him and I Dowler, started yeah. it. So him yeah. and I started it. And one year later, he left to go start the that was when ESPN did the Old team sites. Yeah. That's the only and reason I got into this, is because Kip he and Rodney left me. To go run the ESPN team site, obviously it didn't go well. Uh, you know, Corey ended up going doing something different. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was that was a lot. There was there was such a shift in the industry around that time in terms of the people that went over and did that recruiting nation stuff, and then ended up kind of circling back around. Like you said, Jake. I mean, uh, Roddy and Kip, and uh, you know, I, yeah. at the time I remember that was a huge, huge thing, um, and that was when I was still like following it from from afar. Um, but I mean, I, I guess, uh, you know, Josh, you know, looking back on it, um, gosh, I mean, so that, that puts you what 20 years almost at this point. Uh, I, I, yeah. So 2024. So I think like, I think 19 years, I think wow. Gino Hayes, I think it was either Oh four or Oh five. I think it was Oh four, but maybe I'm wrong, but whenever Gino Hayes, that was the first day that I ever went and, it was either 0405. So like it, it feels really crazy to say that I've been doing it for 20 years. What's your theory on what went down that day? Um, I think his family wanted Tennessee or his mom wanted Tennessee. And that was kind of like what got me. It was like, I didn't know what happened. And yeah. I'm the type of person that kind of needs to know why. And that was like, like, I like, oh, like we can kind of like unravel these type of stories. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know and um it was just i think i think the family wanted tennessee and i think he wanted to go to florida state <laughs> jesus yeah well, that's, that's, that's a good one to break in on for sure yeah, i was gonna say the good thing that's never happened in any other recruitment i'm sure you've ever covered um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> i am curious though when you when you talk when i say that what else comes to mind for you i mean i i, I know i mean at 19 years man You've seen some shit. Some really crazy ones. I think the thing that like really opened Knowles 24-7 up to the Florida State market was the Aaron Lynch recruitment. He was an Island Coast High School, and it was between Notre Dame and Florida and Florida State. And um, I, don't know, I just had some good sources on it, and I had gone down to Island Coast a couple times. And back on this time, I think it was 2011 – you remember, I don't know if you were there yet, Jake, but you could make things on the message board free or premium Yeah, on the message board. And I had this Aaron Lynch, like, rolling update thread. And I decided to make it free because, like, I was plugged in. And I would just remember, like, 
reporting on that whole Aaron Lynch saga because it was like this multi-week thing where he ends up showing up at Notre Dame. He commits to Florida State in a ceremony at a school, but ends up enrolling at Notre Dame. And um, just covering that whole saga and like learning how to just tell the story. Like if you can, if I can just tell the story, I can, I can get you to click. I can get you to be a sub. I can. So I, I learned how to like, and, and meanwhile, I made it all free so people could access it and they knew like, oh, like, so there's somebody else besides Warchant that has an intel and information. So I think that was a big one. Um, Matthew Thomas, after he signed his letter of intent and almost went to USC, like that, this was back when like this never happened, you know? Yeah. And Matthew Thomas was at Booker T Washington high school. And he was, uh, he was, I think at one point, the number eight player in the country, number 12 Absolutely. player in the country freak show, freak show outside linebacker. Yeah. And he signs with Florida state in this heated recruitment and he's supposed to enroll in summer and i remember jeremy pruitt like sounding the alarms that like something's wrong and the story went that like his mom was in the caribbean and she went there and she didn't have either the the resources or whatever she was stuck down there she couldn't get back meanwhile the dad <laughs> had entered the picture and was talking to USC and wanted Matthew to go to USC, but the mom was in the, like Jeremy Pruitt and Jimbo Fisher almost like, I think they had to like logistically figure out like a way to get mom back into the country. <laughs> and it was just like, just some of the insanity. I mean, and imagine Jeremy Pruitt doing this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, sure. We, we got to get a boat down there. We got to get a barge or something. What the hell is St. Croix? <laughs> I, 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 just, I just didn't know there were so many islands down there <laughs> oh man oh god so there was always like so you know and then all the way to the end all the way to the end like if i would say one thing about my time like covering things at florida state it was just i did a i, I really enjoyed covering like those sagas from beginning to end and if you remember the last thing i did at florida state was cover that Amarius Mims recruitment, the yeah. transfer. <laughs> yeah. And we had we had like a a, a thread that got like a hundred thousand posts on it and was like a hundred thousand pages. Like it was what, just what insane. a shit show that was, man. And I mean now it come full circle. It looks like they might be getting a slap on the wrist for uh for the, the way thing. all of that went down and um uh, there's a whole lot we can't get into, but I will say I don't know if you don't know if you've seen the Bark After Dark episode where we basically spent the whole show talking and telling Jeremy Pruitt stories. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, because we got it, we got oh. a two year run with him as well. Uh, yeah, yes, oh, yeah. this is I, I'm actually very curious. I, I want to hear the best Josh Newberg uh, Jeremy Pruitt story since we got you here. There's a there's some crossover in there in our viewing audience here. Well, it's, I guess I mean you know Jeremy's just very and at the time he was right. 37 38 somewhere in that yeah. range and like when he got to um florida state i got his number and him and i were kind of talking and like he just was very hostile towards me just put it that way <laughs> so like very early i was just like i just was like kind of like turned off by it and so one day i called him up and i think i was just trying to find something out simple and he was just very hostile and i was just like and I just said to him, I, I just said, if you don't want me to call you, I will, I'll, I won't call you. 
I was like, but if you're going to like answer my calls, why are you this way? <laughs> and he was just like, why do you need, what do you need from me, Josh? What do you, what do you need from me? I love and I was me. just like, you know, hey, I want visits. I want this. I want this. I want this. I want this. And if you, you know, and I'll play by your rules if you give it to me, like blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, I, Josh, I think I can do that. I can do that. I, Josh. And after that, you know, it was his first year at Florida State. He really wanted to become a head coach really fast. So he knew he needed to win at Florida State. And he got there and he brought Jalen Ramsey with him and he brought um, Demarcus Walker. Demarcus Walker and Nate Andrews and a couple other like handpicked guys, which like you don't really see that happen like that. Like, I mean, that was a major impact on the roster, just the guys sure. that he brought. Yeah. And they they made a major impact like year one. Um, and every night he would call me uh on his way home from the office, and it was probably a 20, 25 minute drive, and he would just go over the the two deep with me like he would just talk through the two deep just for 20 25 minutes almost every single day on the way home um and he would just you know the in jeremy pruitt fashion obviously he's not saying a lot of great things about the two deep <laughs> like you wonder like if he likes anybody on his two yes deep. <laughs> yes and um so you know it was kind of fascinating to watch him work um because he was there for kind of like a different reason. Um, and then obviously went to Georgia. Um, but yeah, so he was just, he was, he was, he was, he was really dialed in. Yeah. You know, he was really dialed in. Hostile uh, is such a good word for him. It is. It I, is. I, I saw so much hostility on the practice field from that guy. I felt for the guys that he coached, to be honest with you. I really did. <laughs> A couple of things there, you know, I, I kind of got to have that little bit of the same experience with like a regular phone call with a guy. And uh, my my when he told me one time about a Georgia player that will remain unnamed, man, he can't play dead in a cowboy movie. Um, <laughs> that was one of my favorites. Uh, he also said he had the red ass for another uh, guy on staff at one point, which was very funny. And uh, the first time I ever met him in person, I'm like, uh, you know, I'd talk to him a few times on the phone and I go up to him, shake his hand. I'm like, hey, Jake Rowe, good to see you. Good to meet you in person. He look, First thing he does, he looks me straight in the face. He goes, I don't know why, man. I was thinking you was a skinny dude like Josh Newton. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, oh, man, man, I got beat on the balls, dude. <laughs> he would say, uh, he would say, he would, he got there. He was like, I'll just say one player. He was just like, he was just like, Josh, what, what why, why'd they sign Chris Casher? <laughs> uh I mean he was a all you he was an Under Armour All American. He was a four star. Yeah. But why Jimbo sign him? Like, <laughs> like, you know, we you know, Nick, Nick, we didn't offer him at Alabama. Why why sign why did he sign him? And he like there was just times where he would just like <laughs> just be beside himself. And, and I'm just like, I you know, I don't it because he he like he was so detailed about yeah. like every roster spot, every Josh, what, you know, we don't have the private jets here that they got at Alabama. We're going to see 
we're, I'm I'm hopping on a flight and I'm going to see one or two guys. Now they're seeing six guys in a day. You know that's killing me. <laughs> yeah, he was something else, man. And and you're right. He it meant it meant the world to him acquiring yeah. players and, and talent. I did I did have to tell him one time. He he gave me that call like you know hey we didn't we didn't even offer him at Alabama. I was like coach y'all let a lot of really good players get away from you at Alabama. They're good players that play other places too. He's like, that's a good point, you know. I guess. Yeah, but but, but Jake Nick Nick didn't offer me. <laughs> hey, he was he was one of those guys when Saban retired, and I said that I've had a couple of you know a couple dozen off the record conversations with guys that coach for Nick Saban, whether analyst or whatever. He's one of the ones I think about when I think that they referred to him as coach. They didn't call him Saban. They didn't call him Nick. Coach. You know, coach. You know, yeah. coach wouldn't have offered that kid. That's just <laughs> what they called him. You know, so many of them just referred to him as coach, not Coach Saban, not Nick Coach. And I, I, I thought that was what I, I a think, legacy to leave behind there. I think about this a lot, though. Can you imagine Jeremy Pruitt being your high school coach, like your, like your gym teacher? I mean, that's. I think that's what the kind of thing he's into right I now. I bet he's cool as hell, dude. In dude, that I, yeah. with the I, with I the, talk to him still here and there. Um, I wonder, like, if he's, like, you know, when you want something really bad and then you get there, it's never as great as you think it is. And to become a head coach, like, you got to sacrifice a lot of things. And I, I kind of always – I was younger than him, but I kind of would always kind of ask him, like, do you mind being away from your family? Like, And he was just – because he was just so one-track minded. And now I wonder – he probably is because he's a psychopath. But, like, I wonder <laughs> if – he, you know, he's around his kids all the time. Like you see like this other side to life Yeah, and he's been to the top. He got, he was so focused on becoming the head coach. Like, I wonder if, you know, you just feel like oh, I'm not, it's not all what it's cracked up. To be. Last time and, I spoke am I, with him. Am I still willing to sacrifice everything to get there? Last time I spoke with him, he was, he was headed to one of his kids conferences at school, you know, seemed happy. Right, and he and loves that. Seemed happy as all get out, dude. So, uh, you know, he, he seemed very, you know, at ease kind of with the whole thing. So, Hey, explain to us what you're doing now. I mean, I, for those that, that as far as the, you know, they, they haven't had it, maybe they're new to on three or whatever. What exactly are you doing now? Well, I feel like I'm commentating on recruiting through the show inside scoop and through having team site writers on. So like, I'm not really reporting anything anymore. Like I'm not, actively trying to break news i mean granted if like something comes my way because i have contacts and sources like i will but my job is more to put together a show on youtube that people want to watch and utilize the power of the network and that's why i came to on three because i wanted to do this and I wanted in 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 my show is only as good as the guests that I have on or the information on our network. So I wanted to go with my friends and I wanted to go with Shannon. And I am, you know, now you can kind of see it all coming together, like um the Rusty edition, you know, Tim Watts and and BOL finally came over, and you know, there'll be more shoes dropping, and now instead of just being on the FSU site, like now I get to, and and I like it when it's real crazy. 
I yeah. kind of like it when it's like a circus and I'm the I'm in the middle of the ring and I'm like the ringmaster and we have all this crazy stuff going on and and again just get to tell the story because the story is pretty is always pretty interesting and if you can lay it out and you can get people interested and then all of these things they they're never just one day right so it's like if you could you know get people on the storyline of this of this recruit or this recruiting storyline or this team then they'll come keep coming back and I just have fun reporting the news and doing it on YouTube, you know, obviously YouTube's different than any other platform. So the content is different than anything I've ever done, but um, it's fun. And I know people like say like I'm a reporter and oh, Newberg has to be non-biased, but like, I I mean, I kind of feel like I'm just watching everything and, and reporting on the cycle as it's happening and, yeah, I'm not really out here to break news or report things per se. Yeah, and I, I will be honest. Uh, you know, I, I think I find most of what happens on Twitter funny. So don't I, I'm not. You know, I love you, and and uh, but the oh no, I love that. when you post a video and they come in behind it. Some Florida fans like trash ass Newberg can't trust a thing. Well, I I you know I, I did that. So pod, well, I did the podcast, the Big Three roll up for yes five years starting that was really successful y'all did a great job with that yeah thank you and it was it was a lot of fun so from 2016 to 2021 um a lot of the like hostility is love too because of that podcast like i uh have people that follow me from all three fan bases from the florida state from the florida and from the miami fan bases and um like the hostility is kind of love if you watch the show back then it was very kind of like it was it was it's very raw and at the time you know podcasting was in 2016 um it was fun so some of those fans are still in my mentions 100 yeah they, that and like i said y'all did a great job with that so one thing i gotta ask you you're in the world of video and we all know stuff in video goes wrong i gotta ask what happened with the kj bolden thing whenever when, when, when you guys, because I know you're not operating a camera. There's only so much you can do remotely. What the hell happened? Yeah. We're kind of flying by the seat of our pants when we do these things. And yeah. KJ had been in contact with, I think it started with Rusty and Chad got uh, us in contact. They were interested in doing it with us. I talked to the father all week. I can't remember if I talked to his mother, but the plan was, you know, we just, finished doing Mike Matthews and I sent them the Mike Matthews video and it shows, you know, Mike Matthews, it, it, it went perfectly. Needless to say, it went perfectly with Mike Matthews. And so they, so I was just said like, you guys understand this is the format. And I knew they were doing it in like a public place. Um, and like I said, we're kind of new at this. So we'd need more hands on deck. We needed somebody on the ground. Now, granted Rusty was there. But like Rusty didn't know all the plans. So basically what happened was we started our show and basically the MC there kind of like hijacked things and said, like, let's go. And we're just starting our like we do like a five minute intro into then me talking to KJ Bolden, basically like. It would have been great if his father would have stepped in and said, no, 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 like this is how we're doing it. But 
you know, you live and you learn. I think it was more our fault. We didn't have enough control over it. It just comes down to having more control. And we didn't have enough control over the situation on game day. Everything that we talked through just went out the window as soon as like KJ arrived. You, I mean, were you there, Jake? I mean, there's so many, and I don't blame anybody. We should. I was watching. There, but, yes. Yeah. Yeah. There were so many people there. Uh, he was getting mic'd up by you know three or four different TV crews. Uh, KJ was like an hour late himself, so I never really had a chance to talk to KJ himself. Um, it was just uh, uh, we didn't have enough control. Do it again. We'll have somebody on the ground there, but ideally they're doing it like Mike Matthews and he's just at home with eight family members and it makes it for a lot easier, but it was just, it was, we somehow used, we somehow used this platform that we use for this stream yard to get the second announcement for KJ. And honestly, it was one of the more hectic. I don't think this is going to work things all the way up until the time that it came off without a hitch. And it's probably, I felt ever had one of those. I felt like I was walking into a disaster. Yeah. I we felt like I was walking we we, into we a we disaster. Were what, helped too us, bad. what helped us, though, was that we had technological savant Rusty Mansell manning the camera for us uh, yeah. at Buford High School. And so I don't know if you I don't know if you've ever had Rusty on a piece of electronics trying to film something, but he is he's he's with it, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they can run That's a camera like nobody's business. <laughs> Oh man, we we love him. We love him. We'll, we we, we would uh, we'll bag on him. But hey, listen, uh, it was it came off without a hitch. I, I just I just wanted to rib you over that one because I knew you didn't have any control over it. You were probably Ugh. as uh, you we were probably like throwing shit in the studio that day. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe this. Yeah, and, and yeah, if they would have just put the can, yeah, there's so many things. I you know I was just a sitting duck. I was just kind of along for the ride, it, yeah. and we learned a lot in that. <laughs> <laughs> all right well go ahead Bruce. no i was gonna say jock uh we always ask our guests uh two final questions and uh jake and i both have one um and i'll, I'll lead off tonight uh it's the same question for everybody and uh very intrigued to hear your answer uh you've been in the recruiting game a long time and uh, i know that that means a lot of travel and so my question for everybody what is the worst hotel room that josh newberg has ever stayed in Oh man! <laughs> uh, I think when I covered a spring game up in Tallahassee, I stayed at the University Inn on on Tennessee Street. Um, hopefully, they've knocked it down since then. <laughs> but the University Inn on Tennessee Street is just that is pretty that is pretty bad. And yeah, that, that not even close. What 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 was it about it? I'm curious. Um, I mean, you could see like the, the nine different paint layers that it's been repainted and painted, uh, the open, the open air hallways, oh, yeah. uh, the fact that it's on Tennessee street in Tallahassee. In the US, <laughs> you know, you know. Yeah. Just location, location, location. Nothing mm. like an open air hallway. Right. Palmer may be about to pull it up for us. Oh, there it is. There it is. Close. There it is. What a shame. Permanently closed. <laughs> One of these days, we get big money, we can go do a tour of all these hotel rooms. We need that, to. that would be something. To be honest with <laughs> they just like you could kind of see the pool. They just like uh, it was just turned into a parking lot. Like they just paved <laughs> over the pool. Oh, but you could see where they had poured cement in it. And oh yeah. god, that's that's wonderful. 
Um, all right. So, uh, you're, you're, you've just, uh, you've just died. You've just left the world. My question, you've just died. You, you've got control of what happens next in terms of sending you off. Who, who's sending you off? Is it a comedian? Is it, is it a musician, a rapper, a, a, a poet who is, uh, who's eulogizing you and sending you off? Probably Rusty Mantel. To be yeah. Okay. Because of, for what reason? I got to figure this out. I can just see Rusty. It's early in the morning. They're still doing the grass. He's got a Bojangles biscuit hanging from his mouth. Like, <laughs> you know, just Uncle Rusty is just yeah. like, who else would you want? Wearing an MVP camp hoodie. Your gravesite. <laughs> just decked out in free swag that he's got from one place or the other. Yeah. Oh, one of the worst hotels I've ever stayed in. Okay. Um, 11 years ago, the National Coaching Convention was here in Nashville. And um, me and Rusty went. We were like two of the only people. There's only maybe three or four people that they would actually. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Rusty in Nashville. Rusty never goes to Nashville. (laughs) (laughs) And this is 11 years ago. And we're staying in the same hotel room. And uh, we get back to the hotel room. Alabama had just won the national championship. And Rusty's like, hey, Newberg, DeMar- DeMarcus, uh, what's his name? Just flipped from Alabama to Florida State. What's what DeMarcus, DeMarcus uh, Walker. Walker? Yeah. And Rusty's like, uh, he's, I'm like, we're hammered. He's like, I'm not shitting you. He's like, look, <laughs> <laughs> like the confetti's coming down. And that's when I kind of knew, like, oh, this recruiting, like, if, if, if Nick Saban can win the national championship in and a recruit can flip while the confetti's falling, anybody can flip. Yeah. Like when KJ Bolden flips to Georgia, like anything's possible. Anything's possible. If you can flip what like you're committed to Alabama and the confetti's falling. Like what in the Yeah. yeah. Makes no sense. Yeah, there, there is, no it's sense. hard to build logical bridges between a lot of what we do. It really is like they're just they're not there most of the time. You'll just walk right off into nothing, uh, and then Josh, the fans get mad at mad yeah. at us if we can't predict something like that is going to happen. Hopping it up for clicks, man. Hopping it up for clicks. That's yeah, what right. they say. But uh, listen, man, this was a lot of fun. We really appreciate you. Yeah, go guys. check out everything that Josh is doing. You guys, ha- you guys have your own channel, right? The the on three recruiting channel. Yeah, on three recruits. The on three recruits. Georgia fans channel. have been piling in. Uh, Jake, we had you on. Yeah, I think the Sadly. video went up yesterday. And yeah, and and started getting promoted today. I think it was, but uh, yeah, man, go. Over, you guys go over and hit like and subscribe on that uh, on that channel. Oh yeah. And uh, and let's get it booming because uh, I know it's grown. I mean, I mean, d- damn, you guys are almost up to forty thousand subscribers. Yeah, already. we started in August, so I got yeah. that thing cranking. Unbelievable. Send them, send them to Bark After Dark while you're at it. Yeah, John. yeah, you send them. To- <laughs> Hell yeah! No, don't sully your reputation like that. They're gonna shut us down soon enough. <laughs> Thank you, All right. Josh. Well, you we guys appreciate be good. You, Thanks, All right, see you. Appreciate it, man. Hey, I got this back scratcher. My wife. I noticed. It I, looks like I a can't. I can't stop playing with it. I, I, I know. Kind of, your bear cubbing over there. Uh, yeah. I'm over. <laughs> my wife. Uh, my wife got me one because I'm constantly like going over to her and like pulling my shirt up. And like, hey, can you scratch my back? <laughs> so uh, yeah, but yeah, bear cubbing. Look, I don't I, have a wine we, glass. But. We should have done this, and and I'm gonna make a note to do this at the beginning of uh, uh, the next show. We've had some comments here over the last couple of shows about people complaining that they want like Georgia info on this show. 
you might get some of that here. We we can I, I'm not telling you that there won't ever be Georgia info on this show. We talk Georgia somewhat frequently, I think, in fact. Um, but that's not the main purpose of this show, right? Um, the Georgia show is if you're looking for that, I recommend checking out the Georgia show, which is another show that features both of us. Yeah, flagship Georgia. That's the flagship dogs HQ, Georgia Intel, Georgia discussion show. This is Listen, we just kind of kick back and goof off and talk to other people in the industry. I, I think I one, one thing I want to tell people is this. We started this to talk to people like Brandon Adams, Dean Leggy, Roddy yeah. Nabolsi, because we thought we thought it was so – I did at least. I thought it was so fake for us to have this platform – and to never collaborate, never talk with, never goof off with, like we always do with these people when we see them. Yeah. You know, like, um, you know, Brandon Adams and I went and saw Dave Chappelle together when we were, you know, when we were down in uh, Miami for the at, at the Hard Rock. Uh, we all went, every single one of us went out together. Folks from UGA Sports, folks from, from Dog Post, uh, Dog Nation on 3, 24-7, we all got together. Uh, Seth Emerson from The Athletic, everybody got together and went out one night, night before the game. Um, you know, some of us made better decisions than others that night, but um, I, me personally made bad ones, real bad ones. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, ultimately, yeah, Palmer, Palmer, real bad decisions that night. Um, but, yeah, we got into about 3 o'clock in the morning. But Dogs uh, HQ was beat up. Yeah, Dogs HQ was banged up. <laughs> I had to send out a text that morning. I said, uh, Palmer, uh, you know, he's he's out there. Uh, he's kind of dinged up right now. He's moving around a little bit, um, you know, doing a little, doing a few things. You slept in your, uh, you slept in your jeans, didn't you? I did. I slept in yeah, my, I slept that's, in, that's a, no, no good night has ever happened. I slept in my, I slept in everything but my hat. And that's only because it <laughs> fell off. So <laughs> we had a, we had a good time, man. We had a good time, but I just always felt like it was so fake to, act like I didn't know them, you know, like, yeah. act like we, and, and I wanted to be able to have those guys on for interviews and to talk with them and to have fun and goof off. And that's why we started this. And there, there there's only a finite amount of people um, that you can do that with. Yeah. So sometimes it's just me and you. Sometimes we get people like John T edge, which is still my favorite True. show because I was always, I, I love what that guy does. And I, I love true South. I watched this entire last season um, you know, and 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 people like Andy Staples and and Josh Newberg. Davin Bellamy was great. Davin like, Bellamy was phenomenal. Bernard yeah. Williams. I'm sorry, yeah. Bernard Townsend. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Mr. Yeah, yeah. Bernard Townsend, the father of of two Georgia players now. Yeah. Uh, now that Kayvon uh, is is at Georgia, and so is Justin Williams. Bernard is one of the greatest guests we've ever had. Absolutely. Um, so uh, we had a blast talking to him. So we we you know we have different guys on, and it's a lot of fun. Um, but this is not an inform you about UGA sports and athletics uh, show. It's just not podcast. However, you consume it. It's not what it's all about. And uh, we like to goof off, and we, and we like appreciate to talk the people, to people. Who, who we appreciate. We're getting some love over here in the comments, so I appreciate that, man. I, we've got a. I, I love the people who love what we're doing, and I'll be honest with you, we probably would be doing it even if there weren't people watching i think we were doing that for a while to be honest while it was getting started so yeah i mean sometimes we probably just should just get me and you should probably just start a stream yard and get on here and goof off for a few hours every day <laughs> yeah I hey man what you doing yeah <laughs> sometimes yeah, roost will call me and he'll just say hey what you doing yeah <laughs> i do and, yeah, and you say it just like that what you doing yeah yeah 
All Evan right. Grimes, Evan, my, my guy Evan Grimes over here said, go spend the money at the Dogs HQ and uh and the Intel you want. We do have the uh, we got the Intel over at Dogs HQ. And Lots we're bringing the Intel. show too. So Shout yeah, out. Dan Emman was awesome. Dan Emman well. was a great one, man. Dan Emman was a great one. We uh we need to do a show count at some point. That way when we get to a hundred shows, we don't just like fly past it or something. And yeah, I know we're yeah. I know we're a long way away from a hundred shows. Yeah, but. I think we're like somewhere in like the thirties range. That sounds about right. Now, I will. I do want to tell folks right now, and and I'll try to remind you guys that it, every show for the rest of the month, February, since is it, it is the shortest month. Um, February will be uh, a Bark After Dark vacation. Um, we are not. We will not have Bark After Dark in the month of February, and we'll come back to you in the month of March. But just kind of like back. we did this summer, I want to come back too. That I think with us taking February off, I think we're going to miss our anniversary. Um, okay. So I think uh, March March will come back. Let's 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 swing for the fences for that first March show. Really uh, come back, make it a the one year anniversary show. Uh, we'll probably end up with Rusty, but February <laughs> sixth was the first show. January sixth, February sixth, February sixth. Okay. Well, right. maybe heck, maybe we um. Let's see what we do. What's February sixth? Obviously, it's not going to be a Monday. It's a Tuesday. Maybe we maybe we talk about going on the fifth. And yeah, uh, and then something. taking the rest of the month off. Yeah, maybe we'll do something for that. Yeah, yeah, we'll just kind of wrap up that first year. Maybe, Dean maybe get a <laughs> says Dylan Brooks. <laughs> Dean will be back on the show. We will have I Dean can again. You. I can yeah. assure you. It's just I've I've been so excited about having him back on that I just don't want to like go too fast with it. Take I know, it slow. I know. I know. Um, we got to have Dean on once a year though. But listen, I I cannot tell you guys enough. Like if you're listening to this or you're watching this. I cannot tell you guys enough how thankful I am that I get to cover the beat that I get to cover because, like, I freaking love these dudes. Like, I I mean, I don't know if any of them like me. Part of me doesn't even care. I'm, I'm kind of like a I'm kind of like a goofy Labrador that's just over there, like, biting other dogs, and they're like, we hate him, and I'm like, I love him. Um, but uh, I don't even care. I find I get a lot of enjoyment out of the dudes I work with, everybody but Palmer. Yeah. <laughs> i like saying stuff with palmer and i can see him in the background he starts he starts laughing all right hey look it's super cold outside man so i need to jake off to warm up yes you do um, and you tell evan grimes here real quick evan yeah i have no problem with you and athens steve on the board okay i've got no problem with you guys you guys are athens steve's a little bit of a worrier okay and i like to poke fun at him for it but uh you know you're awesome. I don't know. Who I agree. Is. Jermaine King with a good idea here. We need to have Kaylee on to tell some rusty stories. I think that's yeah. a great idea. Kaylee's Kaylee's coming on. Kaylee's right. coming on for sure. I agree. I get it. All right. Um, so uh, you want to start? You want me to start tonight? You need you need to start. Okay, I can start tonight. So, like I said, I we talked about in the intro of the show that um winter weather uh in the forecast, uh, not as we didn't receive as much here as I wanted, but uh, I'm curious, man. You're not somebody who grew up where it snowed a lot, obviously. Ever? Did it ever snow there? Yeah, a couple times. A couple times. Okay. I'm curious, though. What's your best snow day story? Best snow day story. You know, I'm trying to think if I ever did anything fun in the snow. I mean, I know that when I was a kid, there was, I want to say it was the storm of 94. I think I was 11 when it happened. 93, 93 the blizzard. Yeah, maybe it was 93. Yeah, we had power out for a good long while. 
Snow didn't stick for days and days and days. Um, but that was a lot of fun. But, you know, honestly, I would go to when I was, I would go back to when I was teaching at Cedar Shoals and we ended up getting a whole week off of work. That you remember what? that? Oh, that's a great feeling. Oh, yeah, it was a, just a t- just a whole week of of not, and then you went back for like two three days without kids because they so just was, had it, to. One of mine, one of mine is it was so sick. I took the job at Clark Central, and I was a half. It was a halftime position, um, but it was my first teaching job, and uh, I'd done uh, I did a long term sub job, and I'd spent a year substitute teaching before that, um, but I got my first like real job. And it was uh, halftime at Clark Central. It was the, um, uh, it was 2011. It was January of 2011. And I was in Athens. I was living with Robert and Nick at the time. And I worked for a week and then it snowed and it knocked us out of school for a whole other week. So I got like, immediately, I was just like thrust back into debauchery and degeneracy. I mean, it was like, Oh, it was so good. Athens in the snow too. One of the best places to be because the bars don't shut down, but everything else does. And it's downtown. If you can get downtown when it snows, oh. I can just I can see you right now, slow walking from from down Prince Avenue, taking a ride on Pulaski, mm-hmm. to hitting them streets from the west side, smoking two or three cigarettes on the way. <laughs> yeah, I can you know see what it. was going on. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it. I, I didn't even know you then, but I can see it. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I do remember, I, I remember this one time when, when one, one of those days during the snow days, we were, you know, kind of holed up and playing some Monopoly Had a big game of Monopoly going. And we'd take a break from Monopoly, go throw some snowballs, go just kind of look outside and see what was going on. Had two labs at the time and they were, they were just like in love with it. So it was fun to watch them do that. But yeah, just kind of that, uh, you know, laying out of work, goofing off. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, you know, funny thing is, is when I first, when when we we moved right before um, uh, my uh, middle child was born, Lanier, uh, we moved to uh, Winder, and we had been there for shoot a week, maybe two weeks, and it just snowed like crazy, and uh, um, we just power was out for like three days. We burnt every piece of wood we could find in our new fireplace. That may have been snowpocalypse. It may have been. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. I think that yeah. was the yeah, that was the around the time that it just went crazy on the perimeter in Atlanta. Yeah. Freddie yeah. Freeman had to get picked up by Cooper yeah. Jones and his four wheeler and uh and all that stuff. So yeah, it was uh um snow days are a lot of fun for sure. And we haven't had a whole lot of them. And I de- I definitely don't think we've had any snow sticks since I've moved to Jefferson. So hopefully we'll get some um a little bit uh this year uh all right so i have rekindled my love for a podcast uh in the ringer network called the rewatchables um been listening to bill simmons uh, i listened to bill simmons and uh, uh chris ryan and van lathan who huge fan of van lathan they did uh robin hood prince of thieves here the other day a, okay. a, a, in a film that I, I got to thinking about it jake and i was like i think i've probably met my brother and i've got an older brother we probably watched that movie 30, 40 times together. Yeah. To the point that now if it ever comes on, I screen I shoot I shoot a picture of it on the television and I send it to him and he'll tell me exactly what's about to happen next. Yeah. Um, because we've seen it so much. So I wanted to ask you, you're not even a movie guy. No. But what movie have you seen 
what film have you probably, if you had to say you've seen something over and over and over again, what film have you probably seen the most times? There's three contenders for this, and it's pretty easy for me to remember. Um, it's, uh, well, four, I guess I should say. American Pie. No. <laughs> I've actually never seen American Pie. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the list of movies I haven't seen is way longer. Oh, than yeah. Uh, trust me. I know. Not you yet. and Palmer both. Yeah. Uh, so definitely days to confused is in the run. Yeah. Uh, I've seen days and confused a million times. One of my absolute favorite films. I the love movie. it. I, can I interject here? I yeah. love that movie so much, but I have fallen asleep watching that movie as much as any other movie Great because it is, it is, it is kind of like a easy going mellow yeah. type movie. I'm entertained by it and I love it. But if I'm, if I'm sitting down to watch it on a Sunday afternoon or late at night, I'm probably going to fall asleep. Great film though. One of my absolute favorites, love it to death. Have watched it a million times. Big Lebowski is on the list for sure. Um, it's, uh, another one of my favorites. Um, I, I love, love, love the dude. Um, a very, uh, just a, a classic, obviously. And then I would say the Wayne's World uh, films are are also there. And I, I, I live them together, although I've probably watched Wayne's World 2 uh, the most. And I would say Wayne's World 2 is probably the film I've watched um, the most of any. Uh, um, I've watched the first one a lot. I haven't seen two as many times as I've seen the first one. I've seen, so I, for whatever reason, I did, when, when I was in high school, uh, I got my first DVD player and I bought the Wayne's World. Uh, they had like the box set with the two of them. And I don't know why, but this gives you some insight into who I am as a person and what an odd kid I was. Uh, one summer, I decided that I was going to memorize the Wayne's World films. <laughs> and so I watched Wayne's World 1 or Wayne's World 2 every single day um, that summer. Um, one of the two of those films, I watched them consecutively every single day. Um, and uh, I did. I memorized most of that, those films. Uh, those films and I, I still I every time I watch them I still laugh it, it, it cracks me up to no end it's just some of the it's some of the dumbest humor and I don't know why that appeals to me so much and did at that time um, but it rings really true slim over here says happy Gilmore that's a great choice I picked up Billy Madison a couple years ago again yeah. and god what a classic with nudie <laughs> magazine day no the one that got me the one that got me and it's one of those that I missed like when I was young and it took me, I mean, this was probably a year and a half, two years ago. I watched it again. And he <laughs> he looks at the dad. Uh, uh, Eric said something about, he's like, oh, or the penguin or something. And he looks over and he goes, is that it, dad? Did the penguin tell you to do this? <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Proceed. Such a classic, man. I All of those, those Sandler films, I, I was... My dad, it was one of those things when I was a kid, my dad and I really loved, I watched a lot of Saturday Night Live as a kid. Um, and uh, so my dad and I watched those films and, and vibed on that a lot. So um, yeah, it was, I would say Wayne's World too. Maybe the film I've seen the most, uh, but like I said, Lebowski and Dazed and Confused in there. And uh, SR over here, I wanted to get to real quick, said he had uh, uh, went sledding on some Kirby Mountain roads on bobsleds that dead ended into the lake dam up near Copper Hill, Tennessee. Do I know the road? You'd have to be way more specific. There's a lot of dams and curvy roads around here. So uh, it could have been any number of places, SR. Um, but holler at me next time you uh, get up this way, man. We'll uh, we'll have a beer and maybe we'll go bobsledding. Our man Slim dropping another quote from Billy Madison here. Stop looking at me, Swan. <laughs> uh, 
keeps the hair silky and smooth. That's right. I was debating. <laughs> had a little fight between conditioner and shampoo right there. We could, um, we, we could do an entire episode just doing Billy Madison quotes. I have no doubt. Dude, I, you know, you, you mentioned Wayne's World, and it was something I was talking with someone the other day. Rob Lowe in that first Wayne's World and Rob Lowe in, in Tommy Boy, oh, two of the more oh, really? like on an absolute heater, just absolutely crushing it. Just oh. not even it's doing a whole greatest, lot. This one of the greatest crazy. movie bad guys ever. Yeah. And, and it just was perfect for it. And I remember like later on in life, you know, seeing Rob Lowe and stuff. And I was like, like, I mean, he's, he's hilarious. Like he's got what he's a sport, dynamic. dude. What well, a good dynamic, sport. Man. Yeah. Cause it's just almost like he gets so... put in these crappy roles to do crappy stuff. <laughs> yeah. And he just, he nails it. He's yeah. just, he's just naturally nails it. What a good sport, man. What a good I sport. I agree. Let's do it. Maybe Tommy, we can... Boy, Tommy Boy's in there too. Great film. Rob Lowe, Rob Lowe, uh, on the short list to bark after dark once. If we could get him, if you have a contact um, for Rob Lowe, let him yeah. Know. If you, if anybody out there has a contact for Rob Lowe, we'd love to have him on. And honestly, I hear he's one of the nicest guys like ever. Like, yeah, I, I I, I've, I've heard I that from like multiple people. So, um, we'll see how it goes. All right, we've talked enough. We're out of time. Uh, there's about to be halftime of this Eagles-Bucks game, and uh, I want to watch the second half of it. So y'all take it easy. Come on, visit over us at Dogs HQ. Uh, bring up Bark After Dark on the do- on the board. And, uh, you know, listen, if, if Shannon tries to shut us down, we may get you to sign a petition. Y'all take it easy. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh.